You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, a monthly drop of interviews where we have a wine with the world's most inspirational female founders. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, a global influencer marketing community, as well as the founder of Spark Founders Program, a global membership for female founders who are ready to grow their business. Our vision for Spark TV is to share founder stories so you might garner inspiration and pick up strategies to shortcut your own success. Before we start, I do have a special request. Press pause and go and get yourself a glass of vino. We've both got one and we want to share it with you. Got it? Amazing. Remember, you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel, Spark Founders Program, or you can follow our Instagram account at Spark Founders Program for daily business tips. Now sit back, enjoy the vino, and let's bring a little spark to your business. Natalie, thank you so much for being here on Spark TV. Uh, really appreciate your time and I can't wait to dive into our conversation. Such a uh, pleasure. And um, I think the best place to get started is just giving us a little bit of a background on your story. So, um, you know, have you always been a business owner? Was there a career path? And then you decided to take the leap. Paint us a picture on how you became um, the owner of Amped Up Communications. So I was definitely not always a business owner. Um, Raised by school teachers, I was taught to follow the rules, be diligent, conscientious, and do as I was told. So that is pretty much how I, um, you know, started off in my my world of education Mm. so yeah no I was following the traditional path uh went to uni um studied communications and I was really ambitious and dead keen to become either a magazine journalist I wasn't even aspiring to editor I just wanted to be a magazine journalist Mm -hmm. or a tv presenter I could not I had this like cognitive dissonance I could not figure it out but life just figures it out for you so I had some I did a hell of a lot of work experience. I was always putting my hand up, going to TV stations, doing uh, yeah work experience at publications, built up my portfolio. I had um, I had a showreel. I put that together for TV, and it was really just the magazine opportunity came up first. So I kind of always had this oh, but I'd love to be a TV presenter. But then I kind of I have revisited that in a different you know. And now we can be content creators, so you can be. A video. Oh, that's so right. that you are, you are those, a media channel in and of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so those skills are still really valuable. And so yeah, I ended up starting off as a journalist, travel journalist for a year and a half. Uh, which yes, there were some exciting parts of that. I did go on trips. I went on the GAN on the train. I went to Canada uh, and wrote. I wrote for the Harvey World Travel Magazine at the time. This is like twenty-two years ago. Uh, they were actually quite progressive and we were writing for Yahoo Travel so and other online platforms that probably don't exist anymore. Mm. But, yeah, so that was how I started. And then I just thought, oh, I really want – they brought me in on conversations about business development and I really enjoyed that. And an opportunity came up um, to take a media sales cadetship uh, which would then lead to, was promised it would lead to work at a really large media organisation. I was feeling a bit frustrated that I was just at a really small company. Looking back, I'm like, why was I concerned? Because yeah. it was like, 
<laughs> travel journalist. Um, mm. Having said that, a lot of the time you were behind the desk, you were writing, you know, it wasn't all super glamorous, didn't pay amazingly well. So, yeah. So it then often I, doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No. So then I got into the, the larger publishing companies via the Media Sales Cadetship and that actually took me to, uh, like it sounds, the sales side. And I'd never thought of being a salesperson. You know, sales was really what I did working at the ice cream shop or working as in a restaurant. You know, there is an element of sales. And so at first I was really uncomfortable about it. But then I realized that that happened for a reason. And somehow my plans to go to editorial never quite materialized. And I really enjoyed working in media sales. So I worked at Better Homes and Gardens for a couple of years. Yeah, um, at Murdoch magazines, and then I went overseas. So it had made my dream to go overseas. So went over to Canada. Awesome. Um, Great place. Worked, yeah, so I worked in Toronto. They had quite a big magazine publishing empire over there. Uh, so I worked at all three of the magazine publishing companies there over nearly the course of almost 10 years. And um, I was pinching myself the day when they sent me to New York to meet with clients for lunch. For them, it was like, oh, she doesn't, you know, she's got flexibility um, at the time, no kids. She can go to New York. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like this little, you know, Australian girl from the Central Coast. And I'm like, woohoo, getting paid to go to New York. <laughs> so that awesome. um, showed me that I could think big. They'd send me off across on sales trips to meet with clients across Canada. Um, I had clients that were in um, Singapore, uh, the U.S., and most of those were for a large, very unsexy financial publication. Yeah, okay. Um, but sometimes the unsexy things can... Sometimes the unsexy has the money. <laughs> yeah, and it was just really, really, really good. So anyway, to cut a really long story short, when I got back to Australia, um, I did work in the magazine industry here for another 18 months. And then I thought, no, it just wasn't for me anymore. Mm. And I started to think for one of the, the last jobs I had, it was for a small... Uh, publishing company again it was like I'd gone full circle and they actually had um, one of the travel magazines they bought it from the original place that I'd worked at so it oh, was wow. really like okay this is like topping and tailing and they wanted me to have an ABN to work for them and then it just got me thinking about okay what can I do with this ABN so that role didn't feel right the magazine industry just wasn't right for me anymore Mm. and so I thought okay I will um, start my own business well there's a lot more to it of course than just getting an idea I know I don't know I'm not I, I love the leap you're like ah this doesn't feel right anymore I'll start my own business I know and so I thought okay well because I just hadn't felt that magazines were the right vehicle for clients anymore like that was just the place I was in it definitely was right for some clients Mm. but as a whole I just wasn't feeling it anymore Mm. um so much the world had gone online and yes there's an online component but what I'd loved about print uh just yeah I just wasn't feeling it Mm. so I thought well now what I need to do is just ask businesses and I thought I could offer the most value at that time to small businesses yeah um I just Asked, I just talked, I just listened. So I spent a few months watching my savings go down and just like wherever Looking I was, <laughs> I'd go networking, I would like be in a ferry line, I'd be um, in the doctor's waiting room, like just ask wow. people what they did and how they were promoting themselves. Yep. And so that's how that, and then actually 
that was around the time we met. It was soon after that. It was probably six months after that. Oh, and wow. everyone had been asking about influence marketing. Yep. And so I'd been doing some very general um, supporting some small businesses just with marketing and communications advice. And then I started to run influencer marketing campaigns because, and I thought I'll just figure this out. And so then I found Scrunch and (laughs) (laughs) reached out to you and you were, I think, coming to Sydney. So that's how that all evolved. When I was on a plane every week. (laughs) Yeah. But then I ended up going back to... um, more generalist marketing and communications. Um, and then I did a couple of contracts. And then you end up doing the juggle between working with some small businesses and then working on a large contract. Um, and that was great again for another 18 months. Um, and then had a baby. And then I realized I don't want it was it's a very it's a time when you can clarify really what you do want, mm. I think, and decided no, I really want to make business um, and running my own business my main priority amazing Um, so yes that's where we are now so that was about 2019 I said no I've got to go all in and then I realized I needed to create a much stronger brand because I'd never really spent a lot of time creating my own brand Mm. And that's spending so much time as a marketer working on everybody else's brand. Yeah, I was very audience focused. And even as I spoke with them, the clients, it was always, okay, who's your target audience? I would jump Mm -hmm. straight to that. And then it was a huge learning curve for me to realize actually it was really COVID that that changed things for me because I just love networking. So I would be out talking to people and and I didn't really need a good website. I didn't, I, I was yeah. Uh, it was just once I talked to people, um, they saw what I did, I could meet their problem, and then we just went from there. But well, then once you're the brand, they well, and I suppose it. that was the first introduction to personal branding without me really realizing it. Mm. Um, but yeah, but then as everything's changed, obviously, for everyone with the pandemic, and I had to rethink things. So that was sort of middle of 2020, I uh, officially launched amped up marketing and comms and uh, yes we're what nearly two years in wow I love that it's like everything led to the next thing like it wasn't kind of like a I've got this strategy to do this business it's like the next thing the next thing the experience and it all builds on itself it's um I love that because it's like nothing is ever a waste you know you look back and it's just like everything that you do leads you to you know the moment Yeah, that's amazing. So right now then, um, Amped Up Marketing and Comms, what services do you offer and what kind of customers do you service? Yeah, and I think this leads into a challenge that I've always faced, which is over the course of a 20-year career, you do do a lot of things and work with a lot of different clients. And so narrowing that down to one brand and one message and one um, set of service offerings has been a challenge um, of mine. And so what I'm focusing on now is personal branding. So I have a a personal branding program. I also, it's interesting how that evolved because I found um, some of the clients I'm working with now came to me asking for what I had Mm. and what they, and I thought, well, hey, I I did copywriting. I can look after a marketing strategy, but no, no, we want what you have. And so they really helped me to shape this 
focused around personal branding. Well, that's so yeah, it's awesome. the same thing. Everything's just evolved. So mm-hmm. yeah, so what I'm offering now is um, so content marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, rebrands, um, so company rebrands, uh, content strategy. But yes, a big focus on personal branding. Amazing. And I kind of think too, like, so what kind of customers, because in my mind, I think about the Spark community and um, it's lots of um, founder-led businesses where the personal brand is so important because for so long you are the face of that brand. Mm. Do you find that's mostly the type of people you work with or kind of big and small? What's the... Yeah, definitely. So I find that most of the people I'm working with are, well, in this capacity, Mm. they're mostly entrepreneurs. Yeah. um, Or people who are just like the Spark community, they've maybe been in corporate and they need to define who they are outside of that corporate environment. Yes. To relaunch as a business owner. And it's not an easy, it's not always, it is easy for some, but it's not always an easy transition. Well, I found that really difficult when I first went to networking events. I was like, oh, I'm not Natalie from like, oh, this is really weird. Yeah. So. Oh, I remember when I moved from corporate to my own business, I was like, I thought I had to run it like I was in corporate. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it, and it took me a long time to go, uh, no, <laughs> I, this is my business. I get to run it the way I want to run it. I get to, you know, wear tracksuit pants if I want to wear tracksuit pants, <laughs> not a suit. Oh, exactly. Know? There's yeah. all these rules that you get to break. And then, yeah, that's probably the most fun. And that's, the rebellion for me um sorry mum and dad but from that school teacher upbringing yes. they gave me such a uh, great structure and it's such a great foundation but now I can break those rules <laughs> yeah and I think it's amazing like I I had that same moment so moving from corporate to startup world or business world um yeah my parents both were um employees for in their same jobs for 40 plus years like unheard of now but working for the same companies and that's so that's all I saw I thought well that's what I've got to do I've got to go to school do well go to uni get a job and then when I found out that you could start your own business I was like uh what this is amazing oh my parents still don't get it but that's okay Oh, oh, totally. I'm like, I love, my parents are the best, um, but I'm not sure if they know what I do. <laughs> but they are my biggest supporters, my biggest supporters. And I that's love it. them to death. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So you mentioned a challenge being um, defining what you do. And I think that that evolves over time, as you've kind of pointed out. But, you know, moving from that employee mindset, corporate world to running your own business, have there been any other challenges along the way that you wish people had have told you were coming? I'm pleased no one told me it was coming. Yeah. But, and I, you hear it all the time, like having to wear all the hats. But mm-hmm. what that really means Working in the magazine industry, um, I was just so used to doing my job, which was meeting with clients, putting proposals together. Yes, I would take them to lunch, negotiate new contracts. That's what I did. And everything around me looked fantastic because it was, they had marketing, a marketing team, a PR team, Mm. designers. Um, When I worked at Better Homes and Gardens, we worked with in the same office as Men's Health and Marie Claire. Mm. And they had a chef 
So you didn't clients in and they'd have like massive lunches and oh, cool. it was a different time. And mm. um, yeah, so I was just, um, I got used to that. And mm. then when it was just me sitting at my dining room table, I'm like, I don't, know how to, shock, isn't I don't it? know how to create Where's that. my chef? Like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I know what I can offer, but how can I do the whole, like how can I offer the whole package? So yeah, I struggled with that for a long time. Um, but now, yeah, so it's, I guess, building your own design team and yes, learning a lot of different things. So I've definitely learned how to, and I think I was always across numbers being in yeah, a sales role, but yeah, profit loss, that sort of side of it was definitely a learning curve, but that's like learning I'm, a new language, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just all the setup like zero and just so many systems and all the experimentation so yeah I'm glad no one told me and I'm sorry if that's a shock no I I tend to agree I'm like (laughs) if I knew how hard it was do you think I would have done it (laughs) no but I think it's just like anything just starting yeah so you know I um learned piano growing up and um yeah when you start and you're learning the basics you don't think you're not putting pressure on yourself to be able to do Yes. you know, grade whatever um, masterpieces. It just comes over time. And I think it's the same sort of. Yeah, you need to thinking. crawl before you walk, potentially. Yeah, which is not easy. Oh, um, and not for ambitious <laughs> entrepreneurs, like the type of people. So it's really frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true though. And I think I think one of the traps we fall into is not being perfect or not being all the way over here on day one you know it's having to put in the work having to do the the small things and I'm even so 10 10 years in and I'm you know making little changes to my website and I'm like this is so infuriating (laughs) but it's like you're still you know it doesn't stop but that's just the journey and I'd still rather do that than have a whole team doing it and making their decisions I get to do it my way yeah I love that make my own mistakes and yeah yeah, celebrate my own achievements it's nothing like making your own mistakes though you know it's it's funny people often say that you know find people who've done what you want to do and kind of emulate that but I think there's different personality types. I'm a little bit of a need to feel the pain, make my own mistakes, and then that's how I learn, which is not very efficient, <laughs> let me tell you. But it is visceral then, you know, like and it's really, you know, helps you go, okay, now I really understand my customer's problem. I really understand technology or what happened. And I think that's why I like the way I started out because I was just, I just wanted to listen. I just wanted to learn and I'm really trying to, if I go through a phase where I'm really busy and then it becomes quiet again, which, you know, everyone goes through the ups and downs. Mm. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means there's a change. Yeah. Um, then I'm like, okay, I really, really need to listen because yeah. there's a new direction I've got to go in and the clients end up driving it. Yeah. And I do love that because you're, you're right. Like, well, firstly, if you don't have clients, you don't have a business. So having the self-awareness to listen to what's going on with your clients in the market, I think is what actually prepares you for that change and helps you adapt a lot quicker when big things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think we've experienced lots of big things in the last couple of years. So <laughs> needing to adapt quickly has been huge, I think, for people. Yeah, and I feel very fortunate to be um, a few years into this entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. But I think that also puts me in a position to help others uh, who are just new 
in the space as you would, you know, you're in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. So, so on that note then, so we've got a lot of people who are tuned in who are very early stage. They've just decided to take the leap into starting their own business. Uh, There are a couple of pointers around, um, you know, developing your brand or your personal brand or, you know, get starting and getting the word out there about yourself that you might offer to a new business starter. Yeah, I think, and I didn't necessarily start it this way, but I think just from what I've learned is really take the time to, and then the time might be a weekend. It doesn't have to mean months or anything. Mm. Just why? Like, why are you doing this? Who are you? And you may not, you don't have to have a final answer, but Mm. just write it down. Who am I? Why am I doing this? Um, What am I wanting to achieve? Just to have that awareness, because if it's just, oh, I want flexibility and I want, like, why are you doing what you're actually doing with your business um, outside of the lifestyle goals? Um, Because that will just, and put it up somewhere and maybe even do a vision board. Mm. So that sort of inner thinking will help guide everything. Um, I was very audience focused. So which would be, Straight after you've had your weekend, yeah, <laughs> in a reflection, <laughs> all about the customer. Yeah. So then uh, would be getting, and you don't know, have to know who your target audience is right away or target market. It's talking to people, getting an idea. So it's taking that agile approach mm. and realizing you don't know everything. And look, I have spoken to business owners who said, "Oh gosh, as soon as I started promoting myself, I was flooded with work." So that happens as well. And then that's a different conversation around setting boundaries Mm. and not taking on everyone. Exactly. Knowing what, and that's it. I think if you do that self-reflection piece, um, you know what kind of work you want to actually take on, you know, Mm. what's, what's servicing the goal, not just saying, oh my God, I'm a new business owner. I should say yes to everything because you know, having a scarcity mindset, mm. really going, I've got to take everything. It's like, no, actually, I want to build this my way. Well, I think that's what the vision board, and I'm looking up at my vision board, that's why I keep looking up there. Yep. But I think it's, that's why I mean having that bigger, that end goal. Mm. Um, and yeah, you probably, I do a new vision board every year. So it's like, it changes, but having an idea of the bigger picture, but then why mm. you're doing it? Because when I think about it, yes, maybe I didn't dedicate that consciously, but my purpose was to help small business owners at the time to promote themselves better and not get ripped off or, yep. um, you know, going down, just educating them. That was what was really driving me. Yeah. Awesome. So I suppose I did have awareness of that, but I didn't necessarily articulate it in that very clear way that I would now. But I think that changes over time, right? I think you can have, you know, when you're first starting out, a bit of a, a sense, a bit of a gut feeling on where you want to go and what value you want to bring and why you're in it. But actually being able to articulate it really clearly, I think changes over time. I mean, so uh, Scrunch has been, we've been in business for 10 years mm. and I, I just changed the unique selling proposition again this week, you know, like I've refined it again. And I'm like, you know, I just think you just keep, figuring out that's okay I I beat myself up about that too Mm -hmm. at times think oh I can't change it but I think it's just about having consistency for a period of time yes yeah and then you can change it but 
Because yeah. you do still have to evolve with the market and you do have to listen to what your customers are saying and how they're evolving. So you do have to evolve. You can't stay, you know, it's like the magazine business, right? It's definitely like that. Definitely. You know? Hey, they had got a rude shock, you know, when digital came out and they had to adapt and evolve. And uh, I think we all do. Yeah, definitely. That's so good. So, okay, so years into business now, how do you, you know, we, we're kind of talking about adapting and overcoming and, you know, some all the things that we've got to do. And, and we hear a lot about founder burnout, mm-hmm. um, you know, and overwhelm. And, and it is, you know, listening to all these things that we've got to do, all the systems processes, the people, the personal brand, the putting ourselves out there. Um, you know, how do people, and I know it'll be different for everyone, but how do people, or sorry, founders, um, you know, maybe take stock, I guess, of where they're at and really um, understand when they are a little bit overwhelmed and overworked and how do they kind of um, architect their day and their life to to bring a little bit more self-care and and perspective in in business? What do you think? Well, I know I really hit that burnout during lockdown because um, even though I was very fortunate and our little boy was going to daycare, so I did have that time when he was away but I think because we weren't doing anything socially Mm. I would just work like all the time and I was enjoying it but I wasn't exercising properly because Mm. I would go for a walk but I love going to the gym and like that was that routine was different yeah um so yeah I learned through that time um yes I can do that for a while Mm. but at some point it will catch up with me so I agree yeah (laughs) I always feel it when I've pushed it right to the same. (laughs) And then I know like, and I ended up having a super busy January, which I wasn't expecting, but I sort of thought, oh, I'll make hay while the sun shines. Mm. And I was overseas. I was working from overseas, which looked a bit ridiculous, but it worked for me. Mm. Um, But then when I got back, I kind of crashed the beginning of February. So it all caught up with me. And it always does, doesn't it? So I think it's, it's kind of been patient with yourself and realizing you're going to have these ebbs and flows and it's not like a corporate job like you can actually have a few days off even if business is slowed down yeah. um and not not I guess feeling guilty about no it. which I probably do too much but I my advice would be not to because things do you need that downtime to mm. reevaluate. yeah absolutely um so yeah I suppose in the day-to-day though it is um I mean, yeah, time blocking on my calendar is what I do and having some flexibility. I've started dedicating one day a week to my own brand. Oh, um, that's cool. doesn't mean I entirely follow it, but it means that it's blocked off. I don't have any meetings nice. on a Friday. And yep. then, yeah, there'll be a few bits and pieces, but I try to schedule work um, Monday to Thursday and just meetings on, um, I try to just have meetings Tuesdays and Thursdays with clients. So that's yeah. providing a better structure, but then yeah. throw in a sick child and like things just happen and you have to roll with it. So how do you find um, being a mum in business? Um, well, it teaches you. I know when I was off, like when I wasn't working, that was a great time for innovation because you're just thinking yeah. constantly. Um, that's how it affected me. Like I kind of became even more ambitious but yeah, I mean, look, there's the juggle, but there's always know. juggle. Oh, no, there's always juggle. Yeah, yeah. So I, don't, I couldn't, I couldn't manage like six children. 
like um you know like business chicks and yeah. Isaacs <laughs> no, but no. I, I like that it's way too much for me but yeah. you know um yeah whatever your limits are it's yeah working within that yeah I think it's that you know like you said um being aware of you know why you're doing what you're doing then really understanding your day what how you want to structure that I love that you block out Fridays for you know a certain task um and you know confine meetings to Tuesday to Thursdays that's super cool um and then being flexible because whether it is a sick child or you know a you know COVID's cancelled daycare or whatever it might be you know it's it'll also be a customer that calls you at the last minute with something wrong like there's literally always something in business that you have to contend with mm-hmm. um, so being flexible and being agile in your approach when you do know that vision and that why um, so it's knowing your own flow as well like mm. in corporate you have to work well, whatever the company says you have to work. So you yeah. show up. Well, I know it's changed now. A lot of people are working from home, but even mm. um, you've got to dial in, like you've got yeah. to be there at a certain time, that presenteeism. Whereas yeah. I've kind of identified I'm a bit of a night owl. Yeah. So I have flexible mornings. So sometimes I won't start working until 10 o'clock. Mind you, I'm still looking like doing stuff on my phone. and But that's yeah. my personality like that. And it's, I don't see it as work, like engaging on LinkedIn. It's not work but even, mm. even though it is work yes um so that works for me but for other people they need solid time away from mm. their phone or um yeah so you know I make sure that I don't so I will have late nights so like I don't start till 1am I did do that for a while but then that caught up with me a bit too much yeah but you know I will work till 11 sometimes um yep but then other nights like Netflix and yeah, so for me, that works. I'm not a 5 a.m. person. Me neither. For other people, <laughs> 5 a.m. is gold. So, yeah. What, yeah, finding what works for you, for sure. Yeah, I love that because... I think sometimes we feel guilty, um, you know, if we're not if we're not up at 5 a.m. and if we haven't journaled and meditated and run on the treadmill before six, we're, we're doing it wrong. But I'm like, I just love the idea of some days you're going to nail it and you're, you know, the vision you have for your day is going to come true. And then other days it's not. And that's all right. You know, and sometimes uh, before we started recording, I said, I, after this recording, I'm getting in a bath and I'm finishing my champagne and I'm reading a magazine because that's what I need today because I'm exhausted. But I think if you don't understand that and don't know that about yourself and don't give yourself that space and that grace to do that and take that time, that's when it's very, very easy to become overwhelmed. And oh, and I've suffered out. major burnout before. Like yeah. I'm pretty open about that on, mm. on LinkedIn and going through a whole year where I couldn't work and I was, um, yeah. I had really severe depression. Um, but what um and what that's maybe that? what turned that around for you oh I had well, many things which are probably not fit for this podcast <laughs> but <laughs> I had yeah, to come back like to from, no yeah. I had to come back from oh I had to leave an abusive relationship I had to uh come back to Australia from um Canada wow. and rebuild my life which yeah so incredible <laughs> so I was really keen to get back into the magazine world um mm. But I think like it was just a weird time because it felt like nothing was working. Yeah. And um, but I was so that's part of the reason I thought, well, no, that's not working either. Magazines don't even feel like they're right. I don't feel like I belong even in that anymore. Mm-hmm. 
everything had to break to rebuild again so now I understand that but at the time it was pretty devastating yeah when you're in the thick of it it is so hard to see getting out of it you know you can literally sometimes only just see the next step sometimes you can only see if I just do this tiny little task maybe something oh yeah no I I had times where I wasn't even brushing my teeth because I could not get out of bed to do anything so it's pretty Mm bad um but yeah those were those days are long congratulations that is worth celebrating yeah it is fucking incredible it is yeah (laughs) and you know well yeah hopefully no one listening has been through depression that was that severe but it, it, it does, yeah, if you've not been through it, like it's, mm. it's intense. Like yeah. you just can't do anything. So, um, yeah, it, it's really amazing. To, yeah, you just have to do things one step at a time. And that's probably what taught me to take things one step at a time. Yeah. Is literally my health dictated it. Yeah. Um, well, and sometimes that's, that's something that think people don't think a lot about is that if you don't have your health and you don't look after nothing. Yourself, yeah, that's it. I've, I've personally lived with somebody who was in that position and it is just debilitating, you know, and it's it's so, yeah, hard to get them into a shower or, you know. Oh, yeah. But I'd build up my life to doing all the things that I thought I should do. Yes. Picked yeah. all the life boxes. Yes. And. Oh, my God, you just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I realised that's not, they're not my life boxes. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, I was completely burnt out in every way Mm. um so that's what happened but I think what I learned from that too is um about intuition so I knew there were a lot of things wrong but I kept ignoring it and building one thing on top of the next and it was all built on a shaky foundation with a not the right relationship Mm. not in the right country like I felt like I was living someone else's life after a while and so now I feel like I'm living my own life and yeah, that's unreal. <laughs> and I, you know what I love, and I know we're talking about this after we talked about um, sitting down and defining your business and how you want your life to look. But I'm like, just based on this part, part of the conversation, I'm like, that is why you do that, right? Because it's yes. so easy to go, I should just make this business because that's how, what, I, what I did for my job. Or I should just that's do right. because my partner does that or whatever. Like sitting down and giving yourself the... Um, just the space to think about what you want and how you want every day to look um, is really powerful for how you're going to show up in your business. Over well, time. it is. Otherwise, you end up being a people pleaser, which I was yeah. for many years because I was brought up that way. Hmm. Um, but, you know, and it is, I do still, I am still driven by pleasing. Um, I want to do the right thing for my clients, but I don't need to do it at the expense of my health yes. or, um, yeah, finance or whatever it's um yeah I can set those boundaries so that's definitely something to be aware of starting because mm. clients can take over and dictate but they're not really the right clients which I've learned the hard way so yeah. <laughs> I know but and again though it goes back to sometimes you don't know until you you're in it and you kind of go wow this is not the type of customer I want to be dealing with or this is not the type of work I want to be doing um and it's really interesting you know we 
even um, so Scrunch used to be the influencer platform and the agency. And we knew for so long that the agency wasn't the right model for us. And we just held on and held on because people knew us um, for being the agency. So we get briefs all the time and you just get in this cycle of, I have to reply to that. I have to pitch on that work. And, and, you know, there's some kind of status with winning campaigns. Um, And it took us so long to make that call. It becomes toxic. Oh it, oh, it totally does. And then you don't serve service those customers as well as you should or as well as you want to and believe you should as a person. It took us so long to be able to make that decision to move on from the agency and just focus on the tech, which is what we're good at. But for so long, it was like, that's what we thought we had to do. You know, that's that was the model that we thought we had to uphold and why everyone knew us. And, you know, funnily enough, the world didn't end when we made that decision. <laughs> And it doesn't. That's the thing. Yeah. But I don't know why it just took us so long to do it. But um, yeah, but it was, but, you know, it was a combination of actually sitting down and, you know, talking out what kind of business we wanted to be in long term. Yes, I think that's amazing advice. All right. Well, look, you are fabulous. If there was, if there's one piece of advice you could leave the Spark community with, although I feel like we've just done 30 minutes of like <laughs> mind-blowing advice, um, what what would it be if you were uh, talking to a female founder who was just right at the start of their journey? Um, what would you say to them? Just do it. Like it's never going to feel yeah. right. Um, I know we've talked about all the different things you need to learn, all the hats and um, but you got to do a lot of things in a corporate job anyway, or, you know, if you're, if you have a burning desire to start a business or there's a purpose that you're wanting to fulfill, mm. um, just start, it can just start as, I mean, I have a, what I call like a side project at the moment and which I have spoken to you about Danielle it's called <laughs> rebuild relaunch, um, which is targeted at helping domestic violence survivors. Mm. Um, that is literally a blog and an Instagram page currently. Yeah, awesome. And that's okay. I've started. Yeah. And so I'm practicing what I preach. That's fantastic. Don't worry that. Yeah, it's not going to be perfect on day one. No. And the only way it gets perfect, which is never perfect, the only way it gets to the place where you envision it is exactly like you said, one step at a time, just get something out, get something out, get something out and build on that. And I think the other thing is, yeah, like I mentioned, I did speak with a business owner um, just last week who said, oh, no, as soon as I launched my own business, I tripled my, you know, a number of clients. And so that can happen. And so it's just about being conscious about what you really want. Yeah. Awesome. And saying no to things. And I know that person was working. She found she was working every weekend. And mm-hmm. so she's, and so it's realizing, well, do I want to work, work weekends or, and working, and, and maybe you do and mm-hmm. have Monday and Tuesday off. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Define, define what business looks like and what success looks like for you. Yeah. Amazing. Oh my God. Awesome. Well, you are incredible. Thank <laughs> you so much for spending your time with us today. I know everyone tuning in would have gotten a lot of value out of that. And I'm sure, you know, scribbling lots of things on the post-it notes and, okay. and going away to implement. So um, I appreciate you so much. That was fantastic. Well, thanks, Danielle. I enjoyed it. 
That wraps this episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That helps other amazing female founders like you find us and grow too. You can also follow along on Instagram at Spark Founders Program for daily business inspiration and DM us with a guest you'd like to hear from next. Or even join our community at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Thank you for being here. And if no one tells you today, you got this.